0: Welcome to Stories of Hope, I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories of hope, inspiration, healing, and some of these stories will change you for sure. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and my guest today is Lynn Harkey. She is a dear friend of mine and in our community and we'll get to know her in just a moment. But before I say anything more, I want to thank my sponsor for today's segment and that is the Motivated Mind Group. Without them, I wouldn't have a studio, so thank you. So my guest is Lynn Harkey and she has this amazing book that she wrote and we'll talk about it as we go on. It's Under a Desert Sky and it talks about her journey as a survivor. This book redefines hope, beauty, and faith in the hardest of places. I think we can all relate to those difficult places Mm -hmm. in our journey. Can we not? Yes, definitely. All right. Um, I also want to say that she is a contributing author of nine books okay, with guidepost publications and is the creator of Adventure Trackers, an online community for those who like to get outside and experience the beauty of God's creations. Oh, we're going to have to talk on that because I love getting outside. I love hiking and seeing what there is. Please help me welcome my guest today, Lynn Harkey. Welcome.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me today, Christine.
0: I've gotten to know you through a little bit through the community as Mm -hmm. to what you do and your husband, Mayor Harkey, so we'll give him a shout out there too. But this isn't about him, this is about you. But together you guys are a very amazing couple and a powerhouse couple. Mm. And as I'd mentioned, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I want for you to go ahead and just give me a little bit about the beginning of the journey that you found out that you were diagnosed with breast cancer because it's different for everybody.
1: Yes. Well, I am almost a 14-year breast cancer survivor now. So in 2009, I was outside doing the yard work with my parents and I got a phone call from my doctor and he said those words that you don't ever want to hear, you have cancer. and. I remember at that time time just seemed to stand still. Mm. And but my first thought was I need to call my husband. But I thought how am I going to tell him that I have the same disease that killed both of his parents? Oh. And I remember p- taking out my phone and plugging in his number in like slow motion, okay. right? With with freeze frame fingers. And when he said hello, right away because he was waiting for these test results also. The words just couldn't come. Mm. They were just stuck in my throat, and I began to sob because cancer had stolen my words. And cancer takes many things Mm -hmm. from people, but what I want to bring is a message that even in our hardest places, there's hope, beauty, and faith to be found. What's unusual about my story, that while I was still in treatment, About a year later, my dad was diagnosed with stage four melanoma. And then a few months later, my mom was diagnosed with stage three ovarian cancer, which quickly digressed to stage four cancer. So we were all three going through treatment at the same time, my parents both with terminal diagnosis. Mm. So that's the uniqueness of our story. But I like to tell people before they get too sad, um, my dad would always say, that I'm gonna live until I die, but then my real life will begin. Wow, yeah, that that's was, pretty powerful. Yeah, that was kind of his mantra during treatment.
0: I can see why then you are a uh, an outdoor activist and enjoy God's creations with everything because that's living too. Yes. There's so many things that people run after that it's the tangible things or how much money can we make in a lifetime or how many things can we acquire? And I'm thinking, I have my own story as well. And the last thing I'm gonna do is Well, I can't take it with me, so how much can I do while I'm here? Like you said, living. So you went in, but what brought you to go to the doctor in the first place?
1: So I was just going in for a routine mammogram, so a yearly screening, and they compared it to a one that I had the year before, and there were changes. And so they said, well, let's do a biopsy, but you have no history, you have no family history, you know, we're just being cautious. Mm-hmm. And it came out to be cancer. So I am a big proponent, ladies, do your self checks, do the yearly screenings, and if cancer's caught early, there's a really good chance and a good prognosis. So don't delay.
0: I heard that for many, many times. Um, I have a friend of mine who has said, Christine, did you get your uh, exam? I'm working on it. So now I make sure that (laughs) I do it and when she sees it, she's going to know who she is. But um, because of her journey and I've learned through other ladies such as yourself, that is very important. I think that the scare of it is, is that we don't want to know that there could be that possibility. Right. Even though the doctor said, well, you don't have any history. Mm -hmm. What I'm learning is that there doesn't have to be a history of anything. It's got a higher risk and, and that that would happen, but that doesn't mean you're exempt. And I also want to note, too, that men get breast cancer as well. Um, I met a gentleman yes. who had breast cancer, yeah. but we focus so much on women. So I don't want any, anyone out here thinking that men aren't able to get it either, but right. they are. But we yeah. don't talk about that that much. So maybe I'll find a gentleman. Um, I lost track of that individual that we can do that, that interview and okay. tell me his journey, too. Yeah,
1: that would be interesting.
0: So tell me about the journey from that day when everything pretty much stopped, mm-hmm. or you said put in slow motion, where did you go from there? Because I know that's the heaviest information, the heaviest anything that someone could feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die then. But mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not what you said.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the challenges is, I, I, when I talk to people after they're newly diagnosed, it feels like you're trying to take a sip of water from a fire hose, Oh, because all this new information is hitting you all at once. Mm-hmm. You're learning terminology that you've never had to face before. You're looking at treatment options that you never considered. And it's worth getting an incredible medical team around you, which I had. Okay. And uh, you, you want to trust them. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to fire a doctor oh, if you, you don't like them. Okay. It's like you have options as a patient and you need to be your own personal advocate. And, uh,
0: so that means that you have to do a lot more research. Because if you're going to fire a doctor, that means you've done your research to say, no, this is not what's going to work this is what I feel is gonna work?
1: Well, and I think doctors are used to the fact that you're allowed to get a second opinion uh-huh. and, and take that option okay. if you're not comfortable with the treatment plan that they've given you. And so, yeah, you're, you're in control of your medical journey.
0: Absolutely, so. like you said, you're your own advocate. There's yeah. many people that are out there that are wanting to help us, not everyone has the answers to give us, right? Yeah. So when you were diagnosed, and I know very little mm-hmm. about cancer. I know that it exists. I know mm-hmm. people who have had it and, and they're in remission or they've fought it. There are different stages of cancer. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me where you were on your journey when you found out?
1: Well, because I had been doing mammograms every year, my cancer was caught very early. I was not even at stage one. Oh, okay. So I needed seven weeks of radiation with a uh, a lumpectomy, but I actually did not need chemotherapy because mine was caught so early. Okay. And then I was also on an estrogen blocker drug for five years to help prevent reoccurrence.
0: And I'm going to go back on saying I don't know much about mm-hmm. this, so when you speak about a lumpectomy, because it was before it was in, you know, mm-hmm. really the stage one, please explain what that is.
1: So most people are more familiar with the term a mastectomy where the entire breast would be removed, but this is where they go in and take out only the cancerous part and they um, have it tested to make sure you have clean margins. And so I actually had to have a second lumpectomy because the first one didn't have clean margins. And they said to me, if the second one didn't have clean margins, then the only option would be a mastectomy at that point. And, uh, but they had clean margins on the second one.
0: So, how long was the treatments that you had to go through before you actually got a bill of clean?
1: Well, they're very cautious about saying cancer free oh, now, I, right? Yeah. But it is still seven years. Okay. And so, yeah, they, when they told me that my oncologist said I could choose then, did I want to come in to see him? Mm-hmm continue the rest of my life mm-hmm. or just with my regular doctor. And I made that choice okay. to have my yearly tests done just with a regular doctor. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, and it was an emotional day to realize, imagine. okay, these people that have taken care of me are not gonna be part of my life. And so it was a mixed bag. It was like, I was so relieved, but it's like, <gasps> I'm now responsible for my own health. Right? People aren't checking up on me.
0: No, and that brings me into something else that we, um, if anyone has had something happen in their life We end up losing friends or we're out and about and people will avoid us like the plague. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Where people don't know what to say to someone because they don't have, I wouldn't say it's an etiquette. I Mm -hmm. think it's more of a, I don't know what to say because it's something different. And you don't wanna offend anybody by saying something that you're like, well, that was really stupid. Mm -hmm. What would you, uh, what advice would you give people when you're going through a journey that you're already going through the difficulty that adds to it when people aren't there and supporting you that you thought would be there.
1: Well, I like to tell people because cancer has touched all of us, Mm -hmm. even though we might not have had it personally, Mm -hmm. but one one in every two men will hear the words, you have cancer in their lifetime and one in every three women will hear those words, Mm -hmm. you have cancer. And that's sobering news. But the encouraging and um, hopeful news is there's 16.7 million cancer survivors in the United States alone walking around. Okay. And because of earlier, technici- uh, mm-hmm. earlier uh, diagnosis, mm-hmm. you, the chance of living has been increased so much, right? It's not the death sentence that it used to be. And, but we struggle. What do we say when someone has been diagnosed with cancer? And I like to tell people, let kindness be your credential. You might not have medical initials behind your name. You might not be a therapist, but you can be a friend and let kindness be your credential. And the thing that you mentioned that sometimes our friends you know, make themselves scarce because uh-huh. we're afraid to say the wrong thing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: We're afraid to do the wrong thing. Uh-huh and I think one of the big things is when there's a tragedy it puts a mirror up for people and they have to face their own mortality Mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do so they step back and uh, I know my mom had something similar happen. One of her closest friends was scarce for a long time Mm -hmm because I think she was so afraid to lose my mom that she made the choice to lose her beforehand. Oh, wow. Rather than walk through that journey with her, but they reconciled their friendship, which I was really glad for. So I think that's one reason that we don't know what to do and the other, we're afraid to do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So we overthink it. We, we get do. this analysis paralysis. It's like, oh, I should bring flowers. Nope. Nope. They might be allergic. So, oh, maybe I should bring a dinner, but oh, it's not going to be home cooked. So we <laughs> talk ourselves out of help, yeah. helping or we think what I'm going to do is lame, right, right? right? It's like, I don't have time to do a home cooked meal. So I'm just going to get a roasted chicken and a loaf of mm-hmm. French bread and throw it in my grocery cart because my kids have soccer practice. And we go, that's lame. Right. So, so Adequate is awesome.
0: Perfect, There you go, that's yeah. the answer. Now here's another question for you, um, only because I had done a little research here because I don't know it, and I'm not gonna pretend to know it because then I would feel s- foolish and then people are like, you think you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna go there. So I printed something else, something out off of the uh, CDC um, website. Now you can get your information from wherever you feel you need to that will help you through your journey should you be having cancer. Or like Lynn said, if you know someone that's close to you, that is going through cancer, then you can learn how to help them and be that buddy, right? Because mm-hmm. no one's exempt right. from anything. Yeah. I always tell everyone there are three things no one's exempt from. Blessings, tragedy, or illness. But I like blessings better.
1: And taxes. Uh,
0: well, we don't <laughs> like to talk about that. <laughs> or politics, we're not gonna talk about that. But one of the things that was on here, and I know that you'd already talked about, you had already gone through a screening, because mm-hmm. you do go all the time is um, the symptoms, but you didn't have symptoms. No. So we're gonna go a little bit further into it. Tell us about the journey of when you did find out what you actually had to go through. Like, were you sick? Were you tired? That kind of thing.
1: Okay. Um, Because I didn't need chemo, I didn't have that long um, medical treatment. Mm -hmm. But radiation is also cumulative. And so you go in, for mine was seven weeks, five days a week, Mm. and you're in a room where they get you on a table where you're lined up very specifically. I have tattoos on my body that they made a little straight line for uh, where the radiation would go. And there's, you know, one of those nuclear symbols on the door that says radiation and and you're the only person allowed in the room. Everyone else leaves because it's too dangerous for them to be in the room, right? Okay, Because they don't want radiation. So you're in there Mm -hmm. as in the too dangerous room for anyone else to be in there.
0: And you're already there, dangerous. Getting getting treatment. So five days a week, seven weeks. Mm -hmm. Did that make you tired?
1: Yes, it is cumulative. And so you get more and more tired and your skin is like a very, very severe sunburn. Oh. Some people have terrible peeling and rawness, but they give you you know, creams to put on and things like that, so.
0: Burning from the inside out? Is that kind of what it sounds like?
1: I don't know. That's a good question.
0: Well, if you didn't get exposure to the sun, but yet you peel like the sun, I would Mm -hmm. feel that it was from the inside out. That doesn't seem very comfortable. So with that being said, any of you that are out there going through that, I really, I really commend you to go out there and still smile the way you do and still live life the way that you are, even though you're going through something that's very painful physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. and emotionally. Okay. Um, So what would you suggest? Well, I think there's not even an age anymore that they say you – get breast cancer is only at a certain age mm-hmm. I don't know how old you were so I didn't want to ask
1: <laughs> I was 48 when I was diagnosed okay and I believe there's been some waffling on insurance now where they don't want to cover mammograms until you're 50 Oh. Um, I, which,
0: got, I just cut the mark then
1: <laughs> which I strongly disagree with
0: I agree with you too
1: and so I think here's a case where you need to be your own advocate yes where you need to push to have a mammogram before you're 50 to get that baseline mammogram done especially i would get it in my 40s and if you have a history i'd push to have it even sooner
0: yeah because anything can change as we know mm-hmm. and then um i wanted to mention too when you're your own advocate and then you also talked about the mammograms for and this is not i'm not being sponsored for this moment but i'm going to put this out there because this is who i use <laughs> and you've heard of the mom mobile mm-hmm. okay so the Mom I actually there's something else I wanted to share with you too. Oh, no, I just lost it. They have an 800 number. I just lost it, that's crazy. Oh, here we are, sorry about that. Um, the MomMobile, um, they will come to you. And a lot of the times, like just recently, there was a function here in Arizona where they were actually at the event to make sure with a lot of people there, women mm. in particular, that they actually did get them and they do provide them for free. So again, I'm not being sponsored by them. They don't even know I'm giving this number out, but I wanna make sure that any woman that doesn't have the insurance or the financial means to get checked, I want you to make sure that you do this or find something that's in your area that makes sure that you get the attention that you need and make sure that you um, detect it before it it takes your life. And that number is 1-800-285-0272. Um, and there's something else here that I just saw in my notes that I have to ask. What is your association with the American Cancer Society, was it the American Cancer mm-hmm. Society? So
1: in 2018, I was named a voice of hope with the American Cancer Society. Um, I'd done a lot of speaking for them with my story and they have voices of hope all over the nation. and. So, yeah, we have an event here in the valley called Relay for Life, and we've joined now Gilbert Mesa and Chandler. I believe it's March 11th. Sorry I didn't write that down, <laughs> all you planners on the event this year. <laughs> but it'll be um, a Saturday at Perry High School, and it's a chance to celebrate life, mm. to honor those currently fighting the battle, and to remember those we've lost. Mm-hmm. And there is this powerful ceremony. It's a luminaria ceremony where we do bags with people's names on them, either that have died or are currently uh, fighting cancer, and we walk in silence and remember them, and That's it is beautiful. powerful every year. So The
0: phrase celebration of life goes in so many different directions, yep. does it not? Yeah. Now, this wonderful book that I'm holding here, Under a Desert Sky, Thank you for my autographed copy. Tell me, what inspired you to write this book? And a little bit for our, our viewers, or who, where, wherever the platform is that is being heard or seen. I want this to be known that you have your story in here, too. What inspired you to write
1: this? I started writing Our Family's Journey as a blog, which you can find at lynnhartkey.com, but as I wrote on it and more and more people started following that blog and things like that, Um, I I just thought, I want to see if it can go out to a bigger audience. And I want to see, part of it was I wanted to see where God had met us on our journey, Mm -hmm. because when you're in the middle of cancer, it's just the overwhelming now, the overwhelming now. And I needed to step back and reflect Ah. that there is hope, beauty, and faith in the hardest places. Because let's face it, when I first finished the journey, I just only saw the hard. And I needed to go back and say, you know, God met us in beautiful and miraculous ways when we were struggling. And so,
0: You said something very, it it caught me. Because I think in any journey of our life, Mm -hmm. we do look at the difficult and say, how am I going to get past this? I don't know how. I know my own story. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that um, days and years would go and follow mm-hmm. afterwards. As you've mentioned, you're 14 years. Yes. And that is wonderful. Now, it's is it possible for it to come back? Because I've heard of other individuals where it does and then it metastasizes.
1: There is a possibility, but once I passed the seven year mark, they said if I got cancer again, it would be considered a new cancer. Oh. I'm the same statistically as anyone else walking around okay. now that I've passed the seven-year mark.
0: Okay, so, good to know.
1: Yeah, but I did want to mention you said the struggle that we have sometimes that when we're in the crisis of the journey, yes. and you had mentioned that um, I find beauty out in nature, mm-hmm. and I do have a group on Facebook called Adventure Trackers, where we encourage each other to get outside and connect with God there. But I think no matter what your journey, you have to find beauty and wonder where you live.
0: 100%.
1: And I find it was losing both parents in a nine-month period and getting to the end of that. I felt I needed to build new emotional pathways and new brain pathways, actually, because I was just depleted after that part. And nature was one way to do that and my faith was another. And the other is choosing to step closer to people and not step back.
0: I like that you said that because it is so easy for us to get caught up in the things that we do in our own lives and then we discredit that someone else may be having something too that they need maybe just a few moments or we need to stop and get off of our devices and off our computers and stop driving so fast to get to one from one destination to another. It's still going to be there when you get there but you might not be, you know, if you're not taking the time to enjoy the journey along the way as what you're saying you do with your blog, which leads me into this question here. Okay. Where can we find your book? And if anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they find you?
1: Well, my website is linharkey.com. If you want a signed copy, you can go there, and I will sign it, and you can tell me what you want on it even, and I'll okay. send it to you. You can also find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and I believe Target is also still carrying it. Um, But yeah, I also do a monthly newsletter called Wonderful where I talk about finding beauty right where you live, and you can sign up for that too on the website. And then I have that Facebook group, Adventure Trackers.
0: There you have it. You can be found just about anywhere. (laughs) Perfect. I love this last question. Okay. First, thank you for being my guest today and sharing your journey and educating me and anyone else that wouldn't have known some of the things that we've talked about. And there's always so much to still be learned, right? Because there's always something new when we hear the cancer word. Mm -hmm. And it does not discriminate in any way, shape or form. Um, My last question is this, is where I feel like I get to know somebody very quickly, not through just the interview. And that is, what message would you like to leave our listeners or wherever this platform's being heard and seen, based on your journey?
1: Well, the message that I would like to leave you with is this, that you are not alone in your fear, you're not foolish to hope, and you are never forgotten by a loving God, never. And so hold on to all that you believe that is good and faithful, and you will not be alone on this journey.
0: No one wants to feel alone, but we can when we're dealing something with just ourselves. So thank you for saying that. Is there anything that I may have not added or asked to make sure that we get out there? Because this is your journey and your story and I wanna make sure it's completed.
1: Hmm. I need to think about that a minute. I think you've asked most things. Okay. Oh, I guess I do help other people with their stories. How so? So I, I did do it online for the longest time, but I missed the face-to-face interaction. So I'm right now doing my very first, since the pandemic, legacy story circle where people can work on their legacy stories that they're afraid, we don't want this family story to be lost, sure. for example. And it's not just for people that have cancer, because we all have those stories that we feel are important. Mm-hmm. So I'm about done with this group right now, but I'm going to be starting up again in 23, just a for chance for people that they want to get their stories down.
0: So when you say get their stories done, are you putting them in like memoirs? you put putting them in a book? Where are you putting them?
1: It's for them to write them and record them and then they can decide. Do oh. they want to compile them? Do they want to self-publish? Okay. Or is it just a few stories they want to make sure that their kids have or their grandkids or just for themselves? Sometimes people need to write and process what's happened to them.
0: Agree, I think that's a great healing tool too. Yeah. For sure. And again, we don't want to be forgotten, so we want that. So That's a great contribute to people in their lives. Thank you. Yeah. Again, I want to say thank you to the Motivated Mind group for me being able to have a place to call home and to interview my guests to share stories with you. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story, or you have a nonprofit in your organization, in your community, rather. Um, that's making a difference, I love to spotlight those as well because there's a story behind those. Then please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care.